This is the Reverend Jeremy Means Koss, and you're listening to an Episcopal Constellation in the Shires of Vermont. The scriptural inspiration for this week's podcast comes from Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 15, Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21, and the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 to 28. So this morning we're given two epic heroes of the Bible. From the Hebrew Bible, we're given the very moment that Moses goes from being an ordinary citizen, just some guy who might be an interesting story, into God's chosen prophet and messenger. He becomes the savior for the Hebrew people. And then in the New Testament, in Matthew's gospel account, we hear of the moment before his actual crucifixion where Jesus tells us about he, is, he too is chosen to do something that we will later find out to be heroic and saving for his people. I think something that stood out for me as I reread these stories is how God drafts people. <laughs> And so that begs the question, how do you, how do we respond when God calls you into service? Moses, Moses says, why me? Why would they listen to me? He's full of doubt and skepticism. And then when Peter hears Jesus tell of this tragic moment, or what he thinks of will be a tragic moment, he wants to assure Jesus that death isn't the necessary option, that there are easier ways. And Jesus is like, (laughs) he's like, dude, I am not going to let the adversary tempt me away from what has to be done just because, just because it seems hard. Peter isn't Satan in that moment. To be clear, Peter's fear is Satan. Fears and doubts do so much more harm than we realize. They paralyze us and they dismantle our abilities to accomplish things because we're so captured by the what-ifs and what-maybes. Now, Mike's going to love this because wasn't it Yoda from Star Wars who popularized the slogan, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering? The path to the dark side, as Yoda tells us, right? The path to our own downfall is paved by fears and doubts. And yet, and yet fear and doubt do keep us alive and they continue to keep us safe. Fear and doubt birthed insurance and banking. They birthed 401ks and pensions. They birthed unions and child labor laws. Fear and doubt by themselves aren't always bad. But when fear and doubt try to hinder the mission of God, that is when we need to be very suspicious of our fears and doubts. So what do we do? How do we combat these fears and threat that threaten to cripple us? To Moses, God declares his very name. That's not even something he does to Abraham. To Peter and the disciples, we get Jesus' iconic words to take up our crosses and follow him. And the assurance is that no matter how bad it might actually be here on earth, the rewards 
the altruistic payoffs, they're worth it. And Paul's directives to the Christians in Rome, these Christ followers who live at the very epicenter of the largest and most powerful empire in history, are to respond to darkness, to respond to control, to respond to fear with light, to respond to hate and violence with love and empathy and goodness. But to Moses, to Peter and the disciples, to the Christ followers in Rome, to all of these different ways, the same sentiment is conveyed. Instead of being insecure, instead of allowing yourselves to be emotionally be beaten, God reminds us over and over again that our personal transformation is possible not because of ourselves, but because of the one who sends us. I remember listening to a pastor who described this moment from Moses as his insecurity moment. And I remembered thinking to myself how often I have had those insecurity moments as well. How often do you doubt yourself? How often do you wonder at your own worthiness? And when you wonder, what would Jesus say to our doubt? Or what would God the Father say to our insecurities? You get responses from our readings today which should give us all pause. To Peter's fear, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. To Moses' insecurity, God the Father says, remind them that their God, the one who sends you, is the one who guided Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the liberator of all Israel. Transformation of the self. Transformation is terrifying. Change is terrifying. And it's gosh darn near impossible when you try to imagine that it's your own skill that makes it possible. But the beauty of this morning's scriptures are that this indelible reminder of who is in your corner on this journey of personal or group transformation. We all have fears and doubts. Every day the enemy tries to put doubts into my own head about my self-worth and skill. To every single one of us, our fears have a way of drilling into our most, most tender moments. They threaten our happiness. And yet, and yet God gives us his name. Last week, Jesus asked us, who do you say that I am? And today, God gives us the very I am who causes all beings into existence. The same God of our ancestors. The same God who rescued the Hebrew people out of bondage. The same God who had Peter walk on water and fed thousands. That is the God that tries to build up our self-esteem and tell us we are worthy. That is the God that tells the enemy inside your mind to step back and move out of the way. So how do you do it? How do we do it? How do we invoke God's name into our fears and into our insecurities? Take up your cross, Jesus says. Face your fears. Do the thing that you are called to do and do it with your whole heart. Don't back down. Because it's not about actually facing your fears. It's about telling your fears that you have more important things to do than to cower to them. 
Brendan's, two of Brendan's uncles uh, were Navy SEALs. And I think about that from time to time. I was thinking about that a lot when I first met them, but <laughs> I think about that from time to time. And the courage that it takes to do something so potentially terrifying. I imagine that out of all the Navy SEALs that have to paratroop into situations, some of them had to have been afraid of heights at some point in their lives. But they knew that what they were doing was more important than the fears that tried to hold them back. It wasn't about fear not existing. It was about the call being more important. My dad, as you all know, is in recovery counseling. Um, he's a counselor, and he tells you that in order to move forward, it's not about what you don't want, but about what you do. That there has to be a vision for the future, not just a memory of the past. You have to desire that place to go. You have to lift up that cross that you are going to bear. You have to be motivated to the future that you want, not just the fear that you're running from. At Gethsemane, Jesus doesn't say, God, make my fears go away. He says, Father, your will be done. None of us are these perfect, fearless people. Like I said, fear is good. Fear can help us create amazing things. It will hopefully help us cure this planet before climate change completely destroys it. But, but fear, can't, fear can't chain you to a chair and make you afraid to try. Trying is the path to transformation. That is the lesson Jesus tells us today. And that is the lesson that God tells Moses, that Paul teaches us to the Christians in Rome, trying not because of your fears or in spite of them, but trying because you're pursuing something much more important. Transformation is possible. You just have to be willing to let your fears be cast behind you and move forward with them anyway. Amen. Thank you for listening to an Episcopal Constellation. We hope you enjoyed what you heard. And if so, please give us five stars on your local podcast provider.